South Africa's foremost breeding ground for creatives in the country. Well-known creatives such as Msaki, Zeksimda, John Kani, Eusebius Makaiza, Laduma Ngokolo, and many others all hail from the Eastern Cape. Many of them, however, left the province after local success and sought out better resourced and better engaged environments, tactfully navigating them to the current glory and reputation they receive. What remains is a large number of undiscovered, raw, explorative cultural and creative practitioners in the province who are left in the dark trying to follow some kind of formula to gain the success of their contemporaries and figures they see on the media. Often with a lack of guidance, tools, access and resources to help them reach these goals. This is further exacerbated by the Eastern Cape's unemployment rate of 52%, the highest in the country, and the lack of service delivery from the province. This podcast, Beyond the Rut, dives into conversation with emerging artists Ivan Jason and Litem Banzueni about cultivating a healthy and sustainable lifestyle as a creative in the Eastern Cape. We speak about creativity, trends, tools, authenticity, and entrepreneurship, and where to begin and how to create something worthwhile. Yvonne Jason Ferreira is a 26-year-old Makanda-based artist, academic, freelance creative, and collaborator. Yvonne holds a master's degree in fine arts from Rhodes University, where he honed his skills as a digital and multimedia artist, basing his work on his own experiences as a queer South African. Ferreira's most recent exhibition, I Want You to Hold Me, But I'm Afraid to Ask, investigates queer intimacies in a curated digital garden filled with a collection of objects, letters and memories for the audience to find and look through. Since completing his master's degree, Ferreira has worked alongside Standard Bank young artist Gavin Croston as a collaborator on multiple creative interventions and projects. Most recently, Ferreira worked as a videographer for Cruston's Standard Bank Young Artists show, Twelve Labours, which was presented at the 2022 National Arts Festival. Ferreira also worked as a creative director and head designer for People of the Soil for three years until he co-founded his own not-for-profit company, Thag Media NPC, in 2022. A media and publication company that seeks to vocalize the voices of queer South Africans through archiving and publishing queer-focused South African content and creative interventions. Ferreira has participated in several national arts festival exhibitions, both as an exhibitor and behind the scenes, including assisting Beth Diane Armstrong, Shelley Barry and Dineo Sechet Popape. Ferreira has also worked for the National Arts Festival in arts education, festival production, gallery assisting, and as assistant to the technical director. Litemban Ziweni embarked on his photography journey in 2017. He has since been slowly establishing a name for himself in the local and emerging creative scene. This 24-year-old and recent graduate has caught the attention of local audience with his creative storytelling using photography. In 2020, Litemba's work was featured on Vogue Italy's Photo Vogue platform quadruple times, with his latest feature in 2022. Litemba was selected by an international program, Design in Daba, to be one of the top 40 young artists in their Emerging Creatives program class of 2021. His short filmed title, Runaways, was selected to be officially screened at the Africa Rising International Film Festival in November 2021. Litemba holds a Bachelor of Social Sciences degree and is a psychology major. 
With both his local and recent international recognition, he aims to showcase and exhibit his work all around the world. And as a psychology major, he also aims on using his work to shed light and awareness on mental health issues through art. Litemba has made some of his work available in print for sale. Litemba, Ivan, welcome to this episode. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking time to come and speak to us. I would like to just start on this idea of creativity. How do you define creativity and how and when did it dawn on you to define yourself as such? As a creative? Mm. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'll start. (laughs) I don't have an answer, but I'll start. Um, You asked to define creativity. Um, Oh, it's Ivan speaking, by the way, for those who don't know. Obviously, you guys can't see us. Um, I'm not sure how to define creativity. I think it's very difficult. I think it's a very personal definition. Um, But people always tell me that I've been creative from when I was born. So I don't know if that is maybe maybe if it's a a built-in thing or if it's something that you can learn. I'm not sure. But I do think that it doesn't only apply to us as creatives in the art sector. Obviously, you can be creative with a solution or be creative with um, making money or whatever. Um, but yes, I think it's a it's a difficult one to find an answer for. I don't know if Latemba agrees with that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think my my thing has always been um, I believe everyone is a creative. Um, we just find different mediums to express mm. their creativity you know mm. i don't think i was born a photographer i just use photography to express my creativity mm. um i think if i i don't know if i was exposed to say for example sport at an earlier age i think i would have expressed my creativity through sport you know i, th- I believe like the likes of the messes of this world the ronaldos or whatever those people are creative you know um if you're into math and you're like the best mathematician or whatever you still count as a very creative person so i i believe that everyone is creative um i define creativity as problem solving for some people creativity is self-expression for some people um creativity is i don't know um i think we we find an answer um and a definition to what creativity means to to different to 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 you the person. Mm-hmm. So I think creativity means different things to different people. Um, so and also creativity isn't like this one dimensional thing where it's just um, just artists who who who, who identify as creatives. Everyone is a creative. Um, so creativity is whatever you make it to be, really. Um, so that's how I define what creativity is, or what being a creative is. Everyone is a creative. We just define different mediums to to express that. Um, I wanted to ask, so uh, for a lot of people, particularly artists um, who are struggling to name themselves as such, it takes a long time until they decide this is who I am. For you guys, Ritema, we'll start with you. Was being a creative something which you always knew? Um, Did you have it in your young ages that you decided that I am a creative and I'm going to go into the creative sector? Um, Or was it something which you realized only later on in life that this is actually what I am and this is the work that I do is actually this creative work? Um, Definitely not. Um, Also coming from the background that I come from, come from i was never exposed to creativity at all the only (coughs) the only creative thing i was ever exposed to growing up was television and rap music and hip-hop and films and generations you know um so that was the only reference point to what creativity is and what the art industry would look like or whatever but like my background was not very conducive to to being an artist or being a creative so 
when I was growing up, I didn't know that. Um, and I think with any other creative, they could relate to um, the fact that you always knew that you were different. You just didn't know what was different about you because everyone around you is obviously following being a doctor, a lawyer or whatever, because that's what, you should, that's what you're supposed to be, especially coming from my background. Um, but I never, I think I, I knew that I was different because that's not the kind of part that I ever saw for myself. You know, I, I was never an aspiring um, scientist or whatever. I just, I didn't know what it was, but I knew there was something different about about me and I'm always shocked when I find people who are like I always knew I wanted to be an actress at six years old I was like that is that is that is crazy that is crazy I never knew what I wanted to be when I was younger um, but the more I grew up the more I was obviously being exposed to the art and the creativity and then I was, I was exposing myself to these things my background wasn't exposing me to these things mm -hmm. so no I definitely did not know that I was a creative um, it was only as I was growing and I was learning about life and I was able to identify with certain things that I was learning that okay I'm gravitating towards this thing more and more and more maybe I am a creative and I you know keep on gravitating towards this thing and you finally get to a point where you're like this makes sense for me you know maybe I am an artist um, and then that sticks with you and you become so fixated on this idea and you keep working towards it until you get to a point where you are confident in calling yourself a creative because this is something that you firmly believe in finally. So, yeah, um, it's only it's only very recently um, that I have been able to call myself a creative because it's only now that I'm learning about this thing. I'm interested in when you say about there was a turning point when you started to to define yourself as such. Do you perhaps have an experience or a moment where that particularly happened where you actually decided this is actually who I am, this is what I want to do and I'm defining myself as such? Um, most of it comes from you. Um, nobody knows you better than you. So in there, you know, in your subconscious, like you, you know, you know, like you, you always know that there's, there's, there's something different about you. Um, but uh, I would, um, I will be honest and say that some of it comes from external validation, because I think once you think that, okay, maybe this is who I am and maybe this is what I like, but I'm not sure about this thing. And then somebody comes and says, hey, dude, you're really good at this thing. You know, you start, you start feeling good about it. You start feeling confident about it. So I think external validation was able to validate what I already knew. Um, and I think because of that, I was able to fully be confident in calling myself a creative because people were starting to finally validate what I already knew. I knew there was something I just, I guess I didn't have the language for it. I didn't know how to verbalize it, but I was meeting people that were already in this creative space that had the language for it and could explain what this is. And I obviously finally was able to make sense of it. Um, so yeah, I think, I, I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, um, external validation did a lot for me in terms of being able to fully identify with um, being a creative. Ivan, was did you did you always think that you were creative? Was this always something that you knew? Um I'm trying to think actually and I can't remember to be very honest. Um I I I I do think that before moving to Grahamstown I haven't always been in Makanda. Um I only moved here I moved here in grade seven. And I think that was like a turning point for me because I'd left um my hometown where there wasn't also, like Litemba mentioned, uh, access to different kinds of creative things where you only watch TV or listen to the radio, really, or no, like painting and drawing. Um, so I guess, no, it hasn't always been, like, my thing to be a creative. When I was in high school, I wanted to be an architect, which is also, I guess, a form of creativity, but 
I think a more meticulous and less freeing system of creative create creating. Um, but I also remember at school, um, being a creative sort of that become a sort of an identity that was a put up, put on me not by myself but by others, because I wasn't a sports person. I went to like a typical boys' school, so because I spent a lot of time with, in the art department or in the music department, that us that was kind of assigned to me already. So for me, um, I had I struggled to to match up to the to match up to the kind of title that people had given me as a creative. I struggled with that a lot because I wasn't even sure that that's what I wanted to do. Um, but now I have a degree in art, so I guess I decided <laughs> that when I became an artist. I guess I don't even know. Um, but in that same in that same line of thought, even like calling myself an artist is difficult. Um, just because I think of how we in South Africa specifically define these people as artists, we would see someone as a painter or a sculptor, not necessarily someone who works with Photoshop or even just a <laughs> photographer. Um, but yeah, I, I likely Tim, I think I'm coming to the point where I'm starting to see myself as a creative. I mean, it's it's in my bio, so <laughs> but it's it's tricky. I don't know. I think I think these words have so many meanings to so many mm. different people, and then you want to bring your own thing to it also. So there is a lot of pressure, but yeah, it's a journey. I think mm. to to becoming comfortable with that title almost. Mm. Yeah, and I think it does also bear a lot of expectations and pressure to some extent. Mm once you start actually associating yourself with it because there's other people who are in the industry doing similar things, mm. calling themselves similar things. So now you have to, you know, match up. But yeah. You both have been establishing yourself in various ways within the city and abroad. Vitembo, you were published in Vogue Italy <coughs> in 2020. Tell us about your journey and what it takes to become an internationally published photographer. That statement is scary. <laughs> <laughs> I won't lie to you that statement is scary. Um I think when 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 you're the person doing it you obviously don't see it like that for you it's like an everyday thing it's like oh I submitted this to this platform and oh it got published oh great uh, moving on to the next thing you know. Mm-hmm. Um but obviously people see your work objectively and they have all these titles and they attach so much meanings to all these platforms and all of that stuff. For you you created something that you wanted to share with someone or your platform and that's really what it is to you. Um I don't think I ever have I've, I've even seen myself as an internationally you know what you said i i i i, <laughs> I, I don't think i don't think i i see my, myself like that um as i said uh, you know as ivan was saying you're steadily trying to establish you know somewhat of a journey for yourself it's mm. it's hard to put these titles because they come with so much pressure you know mm. um they come with so much they come with so many things um so for me i don't see myself as that yet because litemba is still trying to find his own path in this you know creative journey um but it does feel good when people like you are able to see it objectively and you know refer to myself to me as that um otherwise you know to answer your question um navigating through that is cool but there's like there's there's, there's so many more things that I still want to achieve. Um, I still want to make a name for myself outside of Vogue. You know, I still want people to talk about my work as just Litemba's work and not, and not Litemba's work who's a part of Vogue. You know, I want people to um, talk about my work and how it makes them feel and not attach it to something bigger than me yet. Um, because I'm, I'm also really just trying to make a name for myself first before I can um, re- call myself an internationally recognized photographer. It feels good, 
but I don't think I'm there yet. Um, but 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 yeah. Um, and what did your advice be for a person who wants to follow the same process uh, as you have? There's a publication for an international magazine, and uh, they're a young emerging photographer who's trying to make a name for themselves. Um, are there things that the person must do? Are there certain standards, certain you know rules um, to the game of international publication? Do you have anything to share around that particular journey, how you managed to end up being featured? Okay. Um, I think being featured in an, in an internationally recognized magazine does do a great deal for what you're trying to achieve. It, it, it makes people take you seriously. Mm. So I think my advice would be create something really good, something that you genuinely love, something that you resonate with first, you know, if it's a project or if it's a picture or whatever, mm. let it be something that you are genuinely passionate about, mm. you know, outside of the publication, but like create work that speaks to you first. Um, that would be my first advice. Second advice would be, um, if you really want to be published um, on these platforms and on these magazines, yeah, create the work. And um, obviously they have their own standards and whatever, but don't create according to those standards. Um, you di dictate your own standards and then submit it there. Um, and then obviously there's so many things that come to it. You have to have a bio, you have to have a narrative, you have to have, um, you have to explain what your inspiration was when you, you know, you were creating that and what kind, what kind of photography it is that you're doing. Um, so before you even get to that, I think you need to understand what your niche is first and you need to understand your photography and what brand your photography is. Um, because these platforms are obviously very serious platforms, you know, uh, a lot of serious photographers, um, a lot of published and established photographers that are part of these platforms and these are established people. Mm -hmm. So I think you would need to know what your niche um, of photography is is first um, before you even think about submitting there because you don't just want to submit for the sake of submitting. Um, so because editors get to see this work and I think, I think the best thing about being published there is that you get to expose your work internationally so i guess someone some way if they see your work you know that could you know do a great deal for you and your brand that's why i think you should um be real about what you're doing because if that picks up for you that could change your entire life mm. um so so yeah understand your niche um understand what you're about um understand where you want to go and then submit because you don't know what could happen after somebody um you know is exposed to your work after that so, yeah, um, that's my advice to whoever would like to follow that path. Yvonne, you've been involved in many facets of the creative sector within Makanda. Choirs, theatres, magazine exhibitions and interdisciplinary works. Can you speak to the importance of crossing boundaries, entering and navigating different spaces? What is common to all these creative genres in order to stand out as a creative? Is there something in exploring or working with different artists or genres or would you advise one to stick to what their found niche is? Mm. Um, okay, I'll start with saying that the reason why I've explored so many things is because I like things. <laughs> 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 I'm a very um, inquisitive person. Um, and I also struggle to say no to people, so I end up doing random mm -hmm. things. But I think it's been to my benefit because I've got quite a nice like pl a panel or what, I don't know. A nice bag of skills, let's put it like that, um, which I often forget about. Um, sometimes I have to remind myself I've done this before or I've done that or something. 
Um, but I think it also depends on the kind of person you are. Like Litema said, finding your niche is actually quite important because you can get lost. And for quite a long time, I was so unsure of what I'm actually doing. Um, and part of the reason why I struggled with that title of artist or creative is that I was shifting um, within the sector, I guess. I was changing and chopping and changing so many things. Um but I think something that is constant throughout that is is what Litema said, to be true to yourself and know what you are doing in that moment, to make something that you actually enjoy and like. Um, with being creative, I think when you start faking it and you start pretending to do, to be someone you're not or do something you're not, I mean, look, it works for some people, I guess, but at the end of the day, you, that, you lose out on a certain amount of vulnerability and connection that you have with your audience and your viewers and so forth. And for me, seeing like having been in different spaces, I think that when people are less genuine about what they're creating, it doesn't always end up as nice as it could be. Mm -hmm. um, I take, for example, um, the Quanto documentary that we made, which we all had not, no idea what we were doing pretty much. <laughs> um, I mean, we had some ideas, but like we went into it very blind, but we mm -hmm. were still genuine and true to ourselves and we adapted as it was going. And I think the end product is... Um, reminiscent of that still it doesn't take away from i mean just because we don't know how to make a documentary doesn't mean we couldn't mm. um so yeah i think it's just about being true to yourself and obviously i think if you are planning on not having a niche be keen to, keen on learning because there's a lot of learning involved um especially if you're chopping and changing um but yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, so when yeah. you go out and explore and enter, you've obviously been in so many so many facets. Um, was there something that was common to all that, that you feel made you stand out and would make somebody stand out as a creative? Is there like a skill or an approach um, which one needs to have in order to survive in navigating so many different spheres? Um, sure. I would say flexibility is very important mm. um, because often in these things, it's often collaborative works. Um, and me and Nitema were talking about that just before this, about how <laughs> it's so difficult to work with other people, <laughs> especially like as an artist, because you know what you want to do and then mm. someone else comes. Mm. And a lot of us are divas. Like, <laughs> I mean, not to, not to put a bad name to divas, but like I'm very specific about what I like. Mm. So I know how I work. So I think it's flexibility and adaptability makes a big difference. Um, from working with Gavin and having that like ten, there's it's a bit of a tension because not a tension, but like there is a bit of tension because he in himself, for example, is you know standard bank young artist, so he's obviously got things on the line, and he's trusting me now to do the work for him, and then I have to think about all of that. Um, so I think it's open to it's being open to that actual collaborative process of working with all those people and bringing everybody together. Mm. Um, yeah, but I feel like the team has done more collaborative work yeah. just based on Gemini Vision alone. Yeah, because I think with Gemini Vision, we've um, created this platform where we are open to collaborating with as many artists um, as possible because Gemini Vision started off as this duo of photographers. And then with that, I realized that, I, I like you said, the, there's a lot of tension, especially when you're specific with the kind of work that you want to create. Mm. Um, it, it breeds a lot of tension and conflict when you're working with another photographer who has his own vision, who sees, who has his own ideologies of the world and mm. sees the world differently from you, you know? So I was like, mm, maybe this is not going to work, but so how about we include other people who aren't, who don't identify as, as 
as photographers, like a, have a creative director on mm. set when you're shooting, somebody who's going to add on to what you're doing, but like differently and isn't in conflict with how you see things. You know, mm. you're still able to capture the picture how you see it, but like this person is going to have a more artistic um, approach to it, something that you wouldn't mm. see, you know, basically. So, so we created this platform where we are now collaborating with as many people as possible, somebody that would add on to like an already existing idea. Um, it's like a reciprocal, reciprocity kind of kind of approach because you know you get a creative director who needs a photographer i'm like hey dude i'm also a photographer so if you need pictures for your project i'm mm -hmm. here to help you know so um i think there is no way to exist in a creative space um in like as an individual you need to collaborate with other yes. people um mm -hmm. i i don't believe that you can succeed in this kind of industry or, or in this kind of creative space if you mm -hmm. think you're gonna do it alone so i think that's what we saw and we were like let's 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 do something about it because it's hard to create it's, it's hard it's easy to start a project it's difficult to complete a project by yourself mm -hmm. you know you can start mm -hmm. it on your own but it's difficult to complete it by yourself even if it's just a one-day shoot sometimes mm -hmm. you need a person to hold the reflector for you sometimes <laughs> yeah. you, you know you need a person who's going to be like hey dude that shit isn't sitting properly something that you wouldn't see because you're so focused in making sure that this thing um, mm -hmm. is done so yeah we so we identified all of these things and we realized that the only way to you know be a create really good work is if you collaborate with other people that don't necessarily identify as the same type of artist that mm -hmm. you do you know you can get different people to add on to this great idea that you have mm -hmm. um, if you think you're a photographer and you can also be a stylist and you can also be a creative director and you can also be this and this and this and this and that yeah sure you can but it compromises the kind of quality of work that you could create mm -hmm. um, provided that you have other people you know um, doing those things with you so yeah there's so much power in collaboration in a recent tweet you mentioned about only actually defining yourself as an artist about two years ago can you speak to about your struggle with that um perhaps also you could define what imposter syndrome is um and maybe how as an example it manifests um in your life and the means in which you manage it because i think a lot of creatives struggle with that idea of of being your content not being good enough not surviving enough not standing out on its own um and i'd like to hear your your thoughts around that Okay, so I'll I'll start with the second part of 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 your of your question, which is um, the imposter syndrome one, and then I'll I'll go back to um, the whole identifying as a creative uh, only two years ago. Um, so I think with imposter syndrome for me, when I tweeted that, right, um, I was in a very completely different space to the space that I'm in now. So I don't relate to that tweet anymore. Mm. I tweeted and then I was like, Asha, <laughs> you know, just, yeah, just, just putting it out there. Um, but I'm in a completely different space now. So I'll speak um, on the space that I was at then. Mm. So I think for me, my create, yeah, what's this thing? My imposter syndrome came from um, just doubt, like a lot of self doubt, um, a, a lot of, a lot of feeling like I could do better um feeling like i was also i was feeling very unsure um there was a lot of things that were going on with me at the time so you know doubting whether are you really good at this thing you know are you are you are you are you in over your head and all of that stuff um i was i was just in that space and you sort of feel like a lot of the good things that have happened happen out of luck you know you're like ah can i can i really do it again can i you know um, so that's the space that I was in. I was in a very, very bad mental state um, when I tweeted that. I wasn't in a good state. So I was feeling very much unsure um, 
about this journey that I that I that I that I've started pursuing. So for me, the imposter syndrome was coming from that, and just feeling like I wasn't I wasn't good enough. Because I think as a creative, once you start creating, you see a lot of cracks in the things that you're creating. Like ah, I could have mm. done better here. You know, there's all, you always feel like there's room for improvement. As much mm. as people can validate your projects and your photography and this and this and that, mm. but you always feel like there's always room for improvement. And that's where I was at then. I was looking mm. at all my work, and I was like it can be better. Why is it not better? Mm. You know? Um, so my imposter syndrome was really just stemming from, from, from that and just feeling like I wasn't good enough then and feeling like all these achievements were, I don't know, happened because of luck or I was in the right space at the right time or this or that. Um, hence I'm saying I was in a completely different space then. Um, I think imposter syndrome isn't something that I identify with today because I really do believe that everything that I've done, I've, 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 everything I've done is good. And all the things that I've achieved, um, I've achieved because I earned them and I worked hard for them. Um, so I don't relate to imposter syndrome anymore. But Litemba from two, three months ago was very much going through it because he didn't feel like he was good enough. Um, he didn't feel like his work was improving. He he felt like it could be better. You know, as much as I feel like it can be better now, but I'm satisfied with it. I know the next thing that I create is going to be better than the last thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do feel like now um, I do deserve everything good and all these achievements. But back then, like two months ago, I was like, I, I just, I just, I just wasn't sure. Um, so that's where my imposter sy- syndrome was stemming from. <clears throat> so I think part of what I said also answers your second part of the imposter yeah. syndrome question as to how I dealt with it. I now strongly believe that I've earned all my achievements. I now strongly believe that I'm good at what I do. Um, I now really do think that I'm on the right path. I, I don't doubt my ability. I don't doubt my creativity. I don't doubt that I'm going to be successful at, at this thing, you know? Um, so I think that's how I've managed to to sort of navigate through that space. It also helps when you have a really strong support system around you, you know, people that are able to not only validate you because anyone can validate you, but people, it, it really helps when you have people that can affirm you. Um, if you're feeling bad, like, hey, dude, I, I get you feeling bad. And this is probably why you're feeling bad. If you're feeling good, it's like, hey, um, this is why you're feeling like you have people that are able to constantly and consistently affirm you. Um, so that's also um, a part of how I've been able to deal with the imposter syndrome where people are, uh, 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 people around me, my creative community, my friends, my family um, affirm me in, 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 in saying that, hey, you are good at this thing. Um, so I think that's how I've been able to deal with it. Um, most of it comes from like internal and some of it comes from external. So, yeah. Yvonne, do you have any experience, particularly if there's anything to add on? Um, how has your experience with imposter syndrome be? Um, and if you could perhaps give a, a short definition of how you would define imposter syndrome and if applicable, how it's affected your, your work. Um. I'll first start off by saying that I'm really happy to hear Litemba is really confident in his creative abilities. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and he should be. Yeah. He should be. Um, imposter syndrome is difficult. Um, I think it, it's really something that can it can get the better of a lot of people. I think especially if you're not like prepared or you don't have the support system that Litemba mentioned or you don't have the personal like self backup um whatever the word is Mm -hmm. um but i think for me like with every project that i start i always have that little bit of doubt Mm -hmm. um and uh, especially if it's like really bad where i have i also deal with depression and anxiety um so i 
often there'll be there'll be weeks when it's not great and then you just feel really bad and it affects your creative abilities as well because you because you're not believing in yourself you struggle to create work that you actually believe in um so i've i've definitely had like encounters with imposter syndrome far more when i was younger and in high school and just starting my art degree for example um but that also came from growing up in a space where being who I was as a queer person, as a person of color and as a creative wasn't validated. So that obviously still sits with me a little bit. Um, so it's, it's tough, you know, like it's difficult to get yourself out of that space sometimes. Um, but I think that's also where collaboration is nice because you're not solely responsible for the work. <laughs> <laughs> and so you feel like a bit better about it because someone's helping you and you can't like just blame yourself. Um, but when I've been faced with imposter syndrome, I don't know, I usually just ignore it. It's not the greatest advice, mm. but it's kind of the only way you can move on because if you sit with it, sometimes you have to sit with it mm. and figure out what it's coming from. But sometimes you also have to be like, no man, just stop it now mm. and move on. Um, a simple thing like shooting grad portraits last week, I was very nervous um, because I hadn't <laughs> Those touched... are amazing, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I hadn't touched my camera in like a month. Oh. And I go through like ups and downs with my camera, for example, where I hate my camera and I don't <laughs> want to see it. And I'm just like, I don't like you. Why do I only have this lens? Or like, I wish I could edit better or, and then I'll like, and then I'll have to do a gig and I'll be really stressed out because I've got all these things in my head. So it also is sometimes comes from the personal self, you know, um, RuPaul on Drag Race calls it an inner saboteur. Um, you know, the, the part of you that hates you and doesn't want you to do well. It's very tricky. So, yes, I've had some experiences with that guy. Um, but I think it's you need to work through it. It's very difficult. And I think for people with mental health issues, it's even worse. Um, but I'm also working on it. You know, simple things like having a routine to your creative process and your daily life does help. Um, and again, the support and telling people like, listen, I'm not feeling so great about this work. What do you think? Sometimes that's what you need for something. Actually, it's really good. And you're like, oh, okay, it actually mm -hmm. is really good. <laughs> and it was just you telling yourself that it wasn't great. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. that's an answer. I mean, thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> I'm particularly interested in 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 defining and hearing how we define because um, from the both of us, both of you, when you spoke about imposter syndrome, you spoke about the experience of it. Yeah. Um, but is there a particular definition? Like, how would one know if they have imposter syndrome? Is it just a, I feel bad, um, I don't believe in my work? Or is mm. it actually when one actually produces work and they planned it and then they get to the outcome and say, this is this is not good enough, even though everything else um, external, maybe not internal, I don't know. That's what we, we I think we, we the point of this discussion is, is how, how do we actually, in our experience, define imposter syndrome? Um. I would I would define it as feeling undeserving mm -hmm. um, of something. Say, for example, you get published on Vogue, for example. You feel undeserving because you don't feel good enough. So when that happens, you feel like you don't deserve it because you're doubting your own abilities. Like, it shouldn't be you. It should be somebody else. It should mm -hmm. be Yvonne published there, not me, because Yvonne's work is so much better than mine. You know, it should be your work, not me. So imposter syndrome is you feeling... I define it as a feeling of undeserving one mm -hmm. um 
imposter syndrome is also you feeling like you don't belong in certain spaces like you shouldn't be there somebody else deserves to mm. be there besides you because they're more important they're more talented they're better than you or whatever because you don't you don't feel that for yourself or you don't believe that for yourself so that's how i define it feeling undeserving and feeling like you don't belong in certain spaces i can agree with that mm-hmm. um it's also like asking yourself why <laughs> just like why <laughs> like you're doing something like why are you even doing this like mm-hmm. what um yeah and that feeling of undeservedness i think often like when for in my experience it's been a lot like when the project has just started mm-hmm. and i'm kind of doing like an invoice for someone mm-hmm. um and especially when money comes into play mm-hmm. and you start you start um Ooh, quoting sure. yeah you start quoting and you're like oh no that's so high I don't <laughs> work. I think I'm, my work is worth that mm-hmm. much and then you're like okay let me go check what someone else is mm-hmm. doing and you're like okay no they're charging the same our work is kind of level mm-hmm. okay it's fine mm-hmm. but even when you're sending that quote you're still like ah they're gonna say no and then like they'll say yes you're like oh wow okay mm. then then there's the pressure to perform to the mm. to the quote to amount the and yeah I, I don't know it's there's a lot of factors i think a lot of for a lot of people it is internal mm. um whereas with me it's a bit of both mm. and i think that feeling of not belonging also mm. plays such a big part mm. in that um yeah i'm trying to think like when was the last time i had really bad um Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. I can't even remember. It might have been something unrelated to creativity. It, mm-hmm. it happens with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it definitely is that feeling of like, why me? Mm-hmm. Why did I do to deserve this? Mm-hmm. And then you have to combat that with you do deserve. Mm-hmm. Let me go look at my CV. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like check your, go through your Instagram to prove to yourself that you mm-hmm. deserve it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's mostly like that internal dialogue mm-hmm. that happens and then you're and then that you're fighting with yourself in your brain. You're like, no, mm-hmm. you can, no, you can't, no, you can, you can't. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it is very much um fueled by self doubt. Um mm. it's fueled by a lot of intrusive thoughts, like you said, like why me and all these questions that mm. you ask yourself that you shouldn't okay, it's important to ask yourself these questions, but like it's another thing to believe them. Yes. Um so yeah, it's it's fueled by a lot of that. Um so yeah. Um yeah, that's 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 what it is. Was there something between the two months between then and now that happened that you underwent or that you did in order for you to actually not identify with that um, at this current point in time, or was it just a matter of time? Self introspection. Mm. Um, I've 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 been working so hard this year, so hard that I haven't had the time to sit with myself and with my own thoughts. I've been around a lot of people because I'm creating this project that needs a lot of people for it to work out, mm. um, and I've been going at it. So when I'm not doing that, I'm doing a photo shoot for someone. If I'm not doing that, I'm helping somebody with their own shoot. If I'm not doing that, I'm there. I'm you know, I've been around. I've been around a lot of people and a lot of energies and I haven't had the time um, I, I think since last year actually um, to just sit with myself and just breathe and just align and just find myself again so I think the past two months I think that's literally the only period where I was able to sit with myself and with my thoughts and just think about my life and what I think about things do I still like this thing do I you know mm-hmm. um, so I think in those two months that's when I was able to 
to think about these things properly and that's when i was like man dude you've you've, you've worked so hard you've you're, you're deserving of all of these things um because i think when you're working so hard at something it's hard to take yourself out of the experience and look at it objectively mm. um whatever you're creating doesn't feel good enough anymore so i was able to take myself out of the creative process i even went home for a couple of weeks just to realign so um yeah those 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 two months i was able to self-introspect a lot and i realized that uh, one, I'm good at this thing. Two, I belong here. And three, this is what I've decided to do for the rest of my life. Mm. Um, and there isn't anything that I really want to do because a lot of the times I was also very indecisive because there was also school, you know, mm. like in the bio said, like I was I was studying towards a Bachelor of Social Sciences majoring in psychology. So the past couple of years I've had to balance the two worlds um, and they just they just weren't balancing mm. um, and I think a lot of my imposter syndrome also comes from from that just ex trying to exist in these two different worlds um, so I've had to let go of that world so that also helped me to just realign with myself again because this is what I'm focused on now solely mm. um, so so yeah the past the past two months were very good for my mental health and very good for my um, spiritual health because I've had the time to just sit and think about a lot of things and a lot of things just started to make sense and I've been able to confirm a lot of not not confirm self-doubt but i've been able to let go of a lot of self-doubt and just mm. understand that this is this is it for me you know there isn't anything else out there in the world for me this is it and i if i'm not good at this thing now i have to be good at it now mm. <laughs> i don't have another choice um so so yeah i've had a lot of time to self-introspect and understand that um i'm i'm good at this thing and i belong in this space mm. and the tools for self-introspection was it just pausing and just breathing and perhaps meditating was it going away was it journaling um everything was it okay um for me it was everything for me it was being able to sit in a moment and just be still um that for me does a lot for my spirit you know because i don't get to do a lot of that you know it's if it's not a deadline it's this if it's not this it's that i, I haven't had a lot of moments especially this the past two years to just sit and be still mm -hmm. so a lot of that um a lot of being able to have uncomfortable conversations with people um, about your own intuitive thoughts and being able to be honest about the things that you're feeling and all of that stuff. So I've been talking a lot to my dad because um, he was very reluctant on this whole thing. Um, and it was, it, it had an effect on how I was creating and all of that stuff. So a lot of the self-doubt also stemmed from the relationship I had with my dad and him being very reluctant in me pursuing this thing. Mm. Um, so that conversation also helped me understand that this is what I've decided on and I've made it, you know, um, quite certain to him that this is what I've also decided on. So there was also those uncomfortable conversations that I've had to let go. Um, a lot of meditation too, um, but that comes with being able to sit and be still. Mm. Um, a lot of meditation, listening to a lot of, not a lot of music, but like sitting and just listening and enjoying music again. Um, mm. Like I said, talking to my friends, meditating, being still, self-introspection, journaling too. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been, been a lot of a lot of a lot of the good things a lot of the positive things yeah Yvonne, you mentioned ignoring it um how do you do that <laughs> you just wake up, it's there um you i know, just i just tell it to go away no <laughs> um i don't know how i ignore it i i mean i'm probably lying when i say that that is the answer to be very honest because as much as you ignore it it does sit with you still mm. um if I must be honest, like this past year has actually been tricky for me because of um, I, I I resigned from my job and then started to pursue 
being a creative like full time um as a job and obviously with that there was also imposter syndrome it, it's it's like those those personal conversations you have with yourself where you tell yourself actually you know you actually are good at this mm-hmm. and you sit with yourself and you in that moment of self-reflection going back to everything that you've actually done um likely timber said it, when you're working the whole time you don't get the opportunity to do that and i think in resigning from my corporate job mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm doing thing, uh what do you call these air quotes um by my nine to five which is like a nine to 25 um yeah i i i had a moment to actually sit with myself and be like okay wait like what am i actually doing mm-hmm. and in that i found a lot of confidence in just reflecting on what i have done in the past um and that was before i did everything i did this year um so i think the actual answer is to 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 find that confidence that is there already mm. like letemba said that creativity is already there the artist is already there now you need to find the confident p- version of those persons mm. um and obviously it helps when people are like oh you're so good at this mm. um because validating yourself is also difficult <laughs> so i would say yeah the 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 imposter syndrome does come with a lot of personal work mm. to get rid of it at least and the fact that i even thought to myself when was the last time it's a good sign so <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'm also on my way to not recognizing her that yes. that one anymore <laughs> <laughs> living in the eastern cape comes with its difficulties rundown municipalities the lack lack of services large unemployment for the young emerging creative wishing to take their craft seriously and enter the market what would your advice be particularly in this environment Would you mind repeating that question again? So, the Eastern Cape in and of itself mm-hmm. as a municipality has a lot of problems, mm, right? And um mm-hmm. lack of services, huge unemployment rates. Um uh, for many people, you know, entering this particular industry is like a no-go. Like rather go be a teacher, go study, get something worthwhile that you can get a job for. For the young creative facing the problems of the fact that you won't even be able to find a job even if you become successful you get a 50% chance um of finding employment what would your advice be um to that young creative who's really feeling like this is this is their craft this is what i want to do but i'm faced with these things on the outside that i'm seeing as a reality mm. <sighs> young creative we are the young creatives exactly <laughs> <laughs> it really is cuz i think that's 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 where i am currently um i'm the young creative trying to find mm. myself in this industry um i i don't consider myself as an established photographer yet i'm yet to make a name for myself so um so i'll answer in my context and in my point of view um for me um i'm in the process of trying to find opportunities opportunities for myself right i think the likes of you found me because i've created these opportunities for myself and creating opportunities for yourself isn't going out there and asking people for help um creating opportunities for yourself is you putting your work out there for people to find mm. um if mm. i didn't have work for you to find you never would have found me um for you to find that tweet you 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 you, you liked my work enough to dig through my twitter and find this thing that you know that you 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 found interesting enough to speak about you know which is the imposter syndrome tweet and all of that stuff it was mm. crazy to me when i saw that i was like whoa <laughs> <laughs> where did you find this one <laughs> 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 yeah you did some digging there um but 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 yeah so you you create opportunities for yourself man um yeah um so so creating opportunities 
opportunities for yourself isn't you going out there in the world and finding these offices and all these corporate people and asking them to put you on um it's you actually creating work um for yourself and putting it out there in your own platform um for people to find and promoting your own work and doing all of these things so that's how i'm creating opportunities for myself so my advice to a younger creative um, would be create the work. Um, don't be shy in creating the work. Also, most importantly, don't mm-hmm. be shy in putting out the work mm-hmm. um, for people to to find. And you're not just doing this because you like doing it, but some part of it has to ha- has a lot to do with you putting work out there to expose people to your work because people gravitate towards certain things. Not everyone's going to gravitate towards your work, but it only takes that one person to see your work um, for them Mm -hmm. to ask you to come for a podcast so that you can speak um, (laughs) about your work. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, my advice, create, put it out there and let the world do its thing. And as you're growing in this creative space, there's obviously a lot that you're learning, right? Mm. Um, you're learning and then you're going to get to what Ivan spoke about, about the invoicing about. So that's like the business side of things. Mm. There's the creative process and you're putting out, putting work out there. And then there's you actually learning about the business side to it. And I always, I always say to my friends that I think as much as we're a talented group of friends, but the talent is only 10%. Um, and mm-hmm. the 90% is everything we do behind mm-hmm. the scenes that people don't get to see. Yeah. Um, so it's the pitches that you have to write, the pitch decks, um, the admin work that you need to do, the invoices, mm-hmm. the this, the this, the bios, the, all of these things that you, these are things that are also creating opportunities for you so that when people like you are asking for your bio, you have something. Mm-hmm. Um, when you want to work with a brand, for example, you have a brand pitch or like a template that you can use for a brand pitch. You're able to speak. So you work on your speaking, you work on your pitches, you work on all of these things um but obviously you learn these things the more you grow and the more you create the more you put yourself out there so my one and my my one basic advice is create work put it out there and keep on working um create create opportunities for yourself first before you go out there in the world and ask for and ask for opportunities from people um that's 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 helped me a lot um that's that's this, that's the mindset that has gotten me here. Um, I've, I've created a platform for myself, which is Gemini Vision. Um, I've created my work and put it out there in my own social media. I've asked people to put my work on their social media. I've collaborated with artists where they're able to put my work on their social media. Mm-hmm. And people don't just get to be exposed to my work just from my platforms, but they're able to get exposed from all these different platforms that I've exposed my work to. So the only thing that's ever going to really speak for you as an artist is your work. Um, because that's the first point of reference that people are always going to get. Um, and then everything else is obviously um, like a byproduct of the work that you've put out there in the world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just create those opportunities for yourself. Shout out to Yvonne, because this is a guy who actually got me. <laughs> for real? <laughs> yeah, that's genuinely. crazy. Shout, yeah. out to you. <laughs> shout, shout, shout out to you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, so and, and I was like 100%. So. <laughs> Networking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, Ivan, what are your thoughts? Um, I very much agree with what Litemba is saying. Um, and I think he's a good example of putting your work out there because that's how I, I've been like following Gemini Vision <laughs> and Litemba and what he's been doing for quite a while. Um, <clears throat> and now we're sitting here having a nice conversation um, <laughs> for the first time, which is very nice. Um, but yes, I think the Eastern Cape is tricky because... Um, having experienced like the art world in itself, like the more corporate based art world, Johannesburg and Cape Town is obviously where you want to be or where everybody wants to be. But I do think there are things that 
the Eastern Cape offers that th- that those spaces don't always have mm-hmm. in terms of the kind of people you find here that and the way you work with them, the collaborative process. Um, there's less funding, but I think that also leads to more intuitive, intuitive creativity and, and making use of things that we find around us. Um, I refer back to the documentary made for Quantu where we just did it, you know, just made the work and... You know, it, it came out as a, as a product at the end. So I, I agree with the fact that, you know, you need to be making work, first of all. Like, you mm-hmm. can't be sitting at your house and like, oh, why am I not famous? <laughs> and then you haven't done anything. So, like, even if... And I, and I, obviously, there are people who don't have access to cameras. and But even if it's literally your phone and you take mm-hmm. the most blurriest picture, mm-hmm. but if you edit that thing in the right mm-hmm. way... There's an aesthetic the to it. Exactly. There's <laughs> an aesthetic to that even, you know, to, to, to shooting on... Uh, your your tilili or whatever, <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think um, after you've done that, you can start you know approaching people because you obviously need to also have a portfolio to show what you have done. So that's why I think making work is very important. Um, of course, in the Eastern Cape, we also have to acknowledge that um, there are certain privileges that certain people had. Um, I think I've been a, quite privileged to be able to have the platform of my high school and to be having roads as a platform um, because not everybody has that kind of exposure to mm. the types of creativity and not the types of creativity but the kind of work that is created in the space and outside of and sometimes when you're not exposed to the outside space you don't actually know what's being made out there mm. and then it's difficult to kind of bridge that gap if that makes sense mm. So it's it's about making the work, keeping an eye out on what's happening around you. I think um, checking in with trends, but also being aware that a trend isn't forever, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to have your own style. But yeah, working, 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 working. Unfortunately, it doesn't always. That's very um, not. Oh, that's very pessimistic. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have hits and misses, but. There is going to be a hit that hits. Um, and okay. there are misses. It's part of life. Like, mm-hmm. not everything goes according to plan. So, True. I didn't think I would be in Grahamstown this year, but yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I've, I've also um, noticed that it is difficult to leave the, the space. Um, you did mention some people who have been able to expand. Um, and then it's tricky when you get to the other spaces because we have Eastern Cape cultures, you know, we have a bit of politeness toward us and mm-hmm. a little bit less of that, you know, like, ah, oh, oh. I'm going to get the gig today <laughs> and, and whoever's in my way is going to, they're going to feel it. <laughs> so yeah, adaptability, I guess. Yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> hmm. um, do you have any particular resources, which could be books, which could be, um, documentaries or music or writings or things that you do that particularly impacted your life as a creative um, that you would recommend or that you would share with, with other creatives? Um, I, sure. I, I'm not sure, actually, to be very honest with you. Like, there are things that obviously played a big role for me personally. Sure. Um... Films for me led me to to film study, um, and one film in particular that I really enjoyed was Cloud Atlas. It's a really long film, but it's like it's really good. And I think what what intrigued me about that is the way that that film uses human interactions to kind of tell the story and how we are all connected. 
Um, and I think that's played a big role in my research as a academic and an artist, but also as a creative. Um, and I, I would say that I think friendliness is kind of a resource. I, I don't know if it is, but, um, or not, not a resource, but the ability to, to network. So, mm. um, I think something that stopped me and Litema from working together is me being too scared to approach him because I've always known who he is. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like that for me was something that maybe got in my way. Um, but I mean, when you have that sort of, when you, when you are willing to approach people, you gain access to a lot of, um, information and more resources and more inspiration and you literally can't i don't think you can just sit in your room and feel like something's going to happen for you you have to be looking at other creatives work at all times so yeah i think that inspires me i know for like for example i have a very for some reason i'm very obsessed with film and like all my camera edits have like this film um aesthetic that i'm trying to work into it mm. um even with my video work and even my most recent exhibition has a lot of vintage elements to it. So I think for me, there's this this feeling of wanting to um, hold on to things that was from the past, I think, is what really motivates me to make work. I don't know. That's very weird. That's a weird answer. But it's, <laughs> I'll figure that out when I, you know, in like 10 years. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I think I've completely gone off the question now even. But... Yeah, there's not something in specific that specifically leads me to make things, if that mm. makes any sense. I do feel, obviously, you look at something like, oh, wow, that'd be so good if I quickly made this work. Um, the most recent thing that I felt really inspired by was Beyonce's new album. And I really, I literally wanted to make, like, artwork for each mm. um, song, but I was lazy and I didn't do that. <laughs> don't, uh, don't be lazy. <laughs> Um, because you never know that idea that you have might be the last time you have that idea. Ideas mm. disappear mm, also. Yeah. So if you don't write them down and you don't take note of them. Um, yeah, I don't know what the question was anymore. So I'm just going to let Litema speak now. <laughs> but yes. Uh, books, resources, resources, things that, that yeah. has made a great impact in your life that you would recommend. Mm. Yeah. You have to keep watching stuff and, and listening to things. True. Yeah. Very true. Mm. Um, for me, my my, yeah, I'm just going to basically elaborate on the music part of, 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 mm. of your resources that you've mm. used for your work. Um, my main point of reference for my main point of reference when it comes to art um, and whatever art um, is music. That was mm. my main point of entry to mm. artistic expression and to what an artist is because I've always had this idea that an artist is a person that makes music because that was my main reference point to what art is so hip-hop music all the rappers the Lil Wayne's of this world the Drake's and the Kanye's and the Jay-Z's are like an artist looks like that and an mm. artist does that mm. um, I was never exposed I don't even know what Picasso looks like for example you know there's people who are in into art so much that they know all these things they have all the language I think also um, that's where most of my imposter syndrome came from because I didn't have the language for art you know I could only recite rap lyrics and that was my <laughs> my only reference point for art my main my, my main my main entry point and my main reference point to to art is um, is music and I always thought that's 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 what I'm that's the epitome of art. You know, you have to be a musician, play an instrument, look like that, sing and all of this stuff. And I think um, my, my just to touch on, um, briefly touch on the, 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 the imposter syndrome conversation we were having earlier, I, I never had the language for art. Um, I was never mm. into painting. I was never into, you know, all these 
arty things, you know, um, filmmaking, theater. I was never into that. Um, my main reference point to, 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 to when it comes to art was music. So I never had the language for art. Um, I always had the language for music, though. So, yeah, for me, music has influenced a lot of my photography. Um, yeah, so I remember this one time I was listening to music. I was listening to an album. And basically what what you were trying to do, I listened to this album. I was like, because the album had did not have any music videos that I, that I was familiar with. Mm. Um, it didn't have like any visuals that I I knew about. But I listened to the to the music. I listened to the album, and I could visually see this album. But like there was no reference point mm. visually for it. But like mm. I listened to the album. I was like, this is what I see. And I remember just going out on a whim. I was like, hey, dude, let's shoot. I have a location. Let's go there. Um, and then we went there. I basically tried to. In- Inter- interpret the album that I was listening to visually, so through photography, and I think that's where my initial photography came from, like the mm-hmm. storytelling aspect of mm-hmm. it. I think um, that should bred to bred what my photography is today, because a large part of my photography, well, my photography is storytelling. Um, so yeah, I think I think music for me, I'd say I'd say music has been that one resource that I've used um, to inspire a lot of the work that I do. Um, sometimes it's just a it's just a lyric. Um, sometimes it's just a chorus, sometimes it's the album cover and I'm like, I wanna, you know, interpret this album in, 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 in my own interpretation mm-hmm. of my own photography. I wanna mm-hmm. interpret the song in my own interpretation of my own photography. And I remember this one time I was just going through my photography and I was like, all all these pictures um, bear a very strong resemblance to a lot of albums that I listen to, like a lot of album covers that I that I that I that I that I that I know about from the music that I listen to. So for me, it's always been music, and I think obviously now I'm growing and I'm like allowing other forms of mediums to mm. um, inspire the kind of art that I'm creating. But yeah, I think I think for me because I've been a very very big fan of music, and because music has been my main reference point to when to what to when it comes to art. Um, music has just always been that that one thing that I've used as a point of reference, always. Do you have a particular music album or track or lyric that has made a great impact or the most impact or, or one of the top most impact that stays with you? I can tell you a recent one. And why also, sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do. Um, I can tell you a recent one. It's La- Solange's um, album. It's titled... When I get home, mm, when I get home, right? Yes, 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 yes. So that I think, yo, know, the the way because there's a because with that one, it's a it's an album, right? Which is the music aspect of it, and then she has a film aspect of it. I've never seen that done by any artist. Obviously, this artist have done this thing, but like I haven't exp- I haven't been exposed to that. So that was my first time seeing an artist actually interpreting their music visually. You know, it wasn't just a music video; it was an entire film for an album. Um, so I think the most the most recent one would, would definitely um, be be Solange's when I when I get home album, mm. yeah. And any any last words um, before we we wrap up that you would like to share to whoever listens? <laughs> um, I I will I'll just say that like this thing is difficult. <laughs> I won't say it's easy. Um, so I think believing in yourself even when you can't, gosh, very difficult. Um, is very important and like Litemba mentioned so many times sort of surrounding yourself with supporting people and the right supporting people is also very important um, 
And I think also, lastly, what I'll say is to take your life a little bit and use that also for a bit of inspiration. There's always something from your past that can give you a good, yeah, like use your pain, you know, mm -hmm. do something with it. Like even mm -hmm. if it's, like for me, it's been about um, using my, my experience with queerness to influence the work that I make as an academic and an artist. Um, and I think if you do that, you also end up with some really original storylines and for the most part, um, and something that's also true to you. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of artists base their creative work on their pain, which is not also healthy. But I do think that there is in that, especially in the Eastern Cape, where we might find ourselves struggling quite a bit um, to take that and turn it into something that we can use to our benefit rather than it destroying us, if that mm. makes any sense, you know. So, yeah, that's where I'm coming from, I guess. Um, last words. Um, what's a big one? Um, I think take, be patient with yourself. Um, I remember when I was nine, 18, nine, when I started actually, when I, the, the year that I started with photography, because you obviously follow all of these, um, established photographers and, and whatnot. You're like, that's what I want. I remember when I started, I was like, okay, I want to sign a contract with Adidas before I turn 20 years old, <laughs> you know, or I want to sign a contract with this brand and whatever before I turn 20 years old. And yeah, I, I was trying to rush the process. Um, very early in the process i literally started with photography <laughs> then um and i just remember what that did to me um in terms of my relationship with 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 with, with photography mm. um it, it wasn't good um because i just wanted everything to happen so fast because i wanted to be a trevor sterman a year into photography which is mm. crazy um so last words um be patient with yourself um Take your time in honing your craft. Take your time with finding your niche. Take your time with building relationships because more than anything, I think that's the one thing that's really going to sustain you um, in this art creativity thing that you're trying to pursue. To whoever's listening, take your time in building relationships. Um, obviously, don't let it be transactional relationships where you're doing something for somebody and you 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 do something because you want something in return but like build really genuine relationships um take your time in building those relationships take your time in you know honing your craft take your time in learning about this craft that you want to get into learn about the industry learn about the business side of things take your time with it um because when it all comes together it will come together and nothing will take that away from you you know it's going to be years in the making and you know instead of a couple of months a couple of weeks in the making and then when somebody comes and tells you hey you're not good at this and then that shakes you um, because when you really do take your time um, and you really learn about this thing and you get good um, at it over time nothing can ever really shake you 10 years down the line you know um, so yeah be patient um, it's all going to come together eventually profound um and where can where can people find you to best contact you? Um, you know, I'm not expecting you to share your email address. I may I'll share. If you're gonna book me, like it, please do ah, so. Me, 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 I'll share. Um, um, but yeah, how can people find you and connect with you? Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, um, whichever one. Okay. Uh, um, for me, Instagram it's Litemba Nziweni everywhere. Um, Instagram, Twitter. 
um, because I think those are the two social medias where I'm mostly active. Um, I'm not on Facebook. So Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at Litembanziweni. Um, and you can also follow my um, media agency, Gemini Vision ZA. So, yeah, my number is oh, yeah, No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I am at Ivan Jason everywhere. E-V-A-N-J-A-S-O-N. Yes, that's the correct spelling. Um, on Twitter, on Instagram. I think that's my TikTok handle, but there's not much there by TikTok. <laughs> don't, don't, don't bother. Um, and then I've, my company is, uh, if mag is Africa on South, on, um, Instagram and Twitter. If you're interested in queer history and so forth. Yeah. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Thank you folks. Thank you so much for taking your time to chat with, with us. My name is Kutlone Kipadisa and I'm part of the Barca Business and South Africa 25 Cultural Producers Program as part of our Creative Hustle Networking and Mixtures and Podcast Seasons here in the Eastern Cape. Till next time, take care. <laughs>